Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. Good, oh good. Gosh, so good to see you. <laughs> and and uh, you and, as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's episode one oh one. Sugar coated murder, episode one hundred and one. Oh my gosh, what is happening with you? I don't know. Well, we're drinking. <laughs> yeah. And we switched over tonight. Bourbon felt a little heavy. It's been the eighties here today. So we're going with a little sailor Jerry. Yeah, with and a coke. Little, little with a little bit of coke. It actually, no, no, it's not. It really was just one little shot of okay. Sailor Jerry. It's, it's fine. It's perfect. Oh, okay. I do enjoy it. As long as you're happy, sugar, that's all that counts. You're damn right. <laughs> you're so right about that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. We're finally back in business with our mics. I feel Holy like we are. It's been, it's been a minute. We're not. It's been <laughs> an uphill struggle. And we're not recording from the closet. We are not in a closet today <laughs> or on the floor. Or on the floor. No. I know. <laughs> I know. So I just want to give a big old shout out. Oh, let's hear it. There's a couple, there's a couple, two, three of them. coming. I down. love a shout out. So the first one is on Twitter. So I do, I mean, I'm the main person for our social media. I don't think anybody is surprised by that. No, because we see it all the time. Karen yeah. handles our social media. And on Twitter, where our name, our Twitter name, our twiddle. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Our Twitter handle would be a twiddle, a twiddle, a twandle. I don't know. Whatever. A twaddle. (laughs) Um, It's sugar murder. Anyway, we are in this little group. It's like a coven Mm. of random podcasts. Right. But we're, we've just this little commune, this little, it's not a commune. It's a community online. It's a, it's a twamune. Okay. It's a Twitter uh, you're commune. coming up with words that are making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like it's a community because okay. laws of society do prevail. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. The laws do, but probably not the laws of like politeness and correctness. No, and that's fine, and, but we're not sharing yeah. families and meals and we're, we're not, not. We're swapping not husbands. No. Or, no, we don't have we're community not clothes. Own, so, no, right. we're not doing that. It's a community. But we have a really great group of people. And I just got to say, they are so supportive of everything that we do. They push us out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. all the time. As a matter of fact, this coming weekend, we're going to be on one of their um, podcast as guests. It's our it's our Dan and Lou from Casting Views over in the UK. And so. let me just say, we're starting to polish up our British accents, but for some reason, my voice goes real low when I try to do it, and it's just wicked, wicked right now. Well, perhaps you need a spot of tea, a spot of something, a spot of Sailor Jerry. <laughs> Sailor Jerry. So anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun and and we'll let you know when that um, is going to air on their podcast so you can hear us. We're going to cut up a lot, I'm sure. It's just going to be fun. But Yeah, but they're just a couple of really great guys. Very sweet. They don't do true crime. 
No, and so it's, no. They're just, they're, I think they're lovely. I think I'm the only true crime person in that group. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of very few females in that group. <laughs> so there are other females, but all of them are like paired up with their partners, right. like a male partner right. on theirs. And, and it's just you and me, like we're the only ladies. Ladies. Like, no, I'm not saying the other two aren't ladies. I'm saying we're the only two lady only hosts. Right. But super, super supportive group. I'm going to, we're going to, we always play some, you'll hear some random promos and you're probably thinking, who the heck is that? Well, that's all part of this group that we are, we try to promote each other and we have a schedule and we try to release it, you know, together. We're doing, we're working a on schedule. Some, we have a schedule. We have a schedule. <laughs> and so I'm going to, I'm going to list probably on social media. If you're ever on Twitter, you see us talking to each other all the time and promoting each other's stuff, but I'm going to try to list it even on Facebook so people can see like who to support because they really are. These people are are witty and smart and intelligent. And are they fine. witty and pretty and <laughs> and and light? <fine. laughs> I don't know what the other word is. But anyway, know. we really want you all to support them. You'll hear a couple promos during this podcast episode as well. And I just wanted to give a shout out to them. Love them. Thank you, so, Casting Views. Thank you, Casting Views and all of the Brain Trust. All of them. All of them. Not just the Casting Views, although I dove. I dove. I, dove. I, dove I love, do dove them. I dove love them. I love <laughs> Miss and Dan and Lou. But I also love the others, too. Of course. So, And then we've got other shout outs. Oh, so let's hear it. Another shout out is um, I think both of us are doing covering murders that were sent to us by listeners. Yes. Mine is from a a listener named Jace from Tennessee. And mine is from Susan. And if I'm not mistaken, she's from Virginia. How about that? Yes. So that's really sweet. We Um, love to get that. Send us. I mean, really guys, we're tired. So when y'all send us stuff, it's like, we don't have to think as much. We don't have to find the murder. We just have to research it. So it's a lot of fun. And then the last shout out that I'm going to give is to Link Cuisine. Oh, Link Cuisine bought us some coffee. Has bought us some coffee on her way on her way over to Ireland. She was on her way to (laughs) Ireland. Yes, and said congratulations on your 100th episode, and bought us coffees, and said I'll be listening from Ireland. So Link Cuisine, whomever you be, top of the morning to you. Top of the morning, and um, Guinness. (laughs) Enjoy (laughs) your. Mangoes and mash. No, 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 no. Darn it. Um, what are they? No, not fortune cookies. Well, I just think they drink. I don't think they eat. Yeah. There's just drinking. Oh, um, bring us back some Kerrygold butter from the actual (gasps) Ireland Kerrygold. That'd be hard to transport, I would imagine, but. Well, but Kerrygold also makes cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't try to bring back butter and cheese. (laughs) Please do not. This would be so much fun. Anyway, enjoy whatever they have over in Ireland. I hope you find a shamrock or two. Yes, and thank you so very much oh, for your support. Yes, she bought us a handful. Let's of do a toast. A toast to Lean Cuisine. Lean Cuisine. We're not drinking coffee. We're drinking Sailor Dairy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you're going to talk about murder, but I'm going to bake. I know. Well, I've been baking. I know. I've, you're very busy. But I know. I can't help it. This week, I'm making the strawberry swirl cream cheese pound cake from Southern Living. And I can't think of anything more appropriate I know. than that. Well, everybody loves a good pound cake. I know. 
I did deviate a little bit from this recipe. The only thing I changed is once you put your ingredients for your pound cake together. Now, this is a cream cheese pound cake. It's not a full pound of butter. Mm. You add cream cheese in there as well. But they want you to put, they call for a strawberry glaze, which yeah. is that Jello. red, like <laughs> neon red yeah. glaze jelly mm. stuff you buy at the store to make weird that things. That doesn't really sing to me. It doesn't sing to me either. I don't particularly care for the taste. So instead, I'm going to use um, strawberry jam. I love strawberry I love a jam. Jam. <laughs> Cake and jam. <laughs> That's the only thing I deviated from the recipe. You just put it all together and then you're basically going to take your batter and divide it in three. So you'll put a third of the batter down and then you'll do dollops of your jam or gel or glaze, whatever. And then you'll put a third of the batter on top. Wait, before you do that, you're going to take a skewer or something and swirl the dollops. Mm -hmm. So it's all swirly on that layer. And then you do another third of the mixture. And on top of that, more dollops, another swirl, and then top it with the rest of your mixture. So the important thing to remember about pound cake it doesn't have leavening agents. So it's got six eggs in it. And this it's uh, one and a half cups of butter. The whipping of the butter and the incorporation of the eggs is what's going to give you your rise in your cake. If you over beat, you're going to get this weird puffy top on top of your pound cake. Mm. And below it is going to be very moist. It doesn't cook as well. So you're going to get a really dark outside. I feel like overbeating anything is not a good idea. But it's hard. It's hard, it's hard, to, hard. to figure out when you've overbeaten it when it's not something that can talk to you and say you've overbeaten. You You're must stop. To listen to it. Right. I haven't I'm not Christina Yang. I cannot listen to the heartbeat of the batter. There was one guy on the um on the British baking that listened to his food. Oh but I, oh yeah he did. You know but it, I thought that was to the bread. No, no. I thought he was listening to a pie one time. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I didn't listen. I just was beaten. So anyway. Just beat it. You have to have a lot of patience with the pound cakes. They do take a while to cook. This one's going to take about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. It's okay because through the magic of editing, it's going to all be included in this episode. Absolutely. Because that's what we do. Absolutely. I've been trying to videotape some of her steps mm-hmm. as she's doing them. So, cause I've been trying to toy with like some, some very light video editing. I don't know if you've noticed or not. If you have, please let me know and let me know you like it. I have, and I like it. You're doing a bang up job. A banging job. Way to go. Thank you. So Tell anyway, I'm going to stick this here pound cake right in the oven okay. and you should go ahead I and talk to me about your murder. About. Yes. OMG. So I'm going to take us to Boonesboro, Virginia. Oh, I didn't even know there was a Boonesboro, Virginia. Me neither. Where the heck is it? It lies in Bedford County, Virginia. I do know where Bedford County is. Okay. And I think Lynchburg is right near there. Not too far. It's in the Blue Ridge Mountains of old Virginia. Gotcha. It is considered a small, like almost an unincorporated part of Lynchburg. Mm -hmm. And it's small and very scenic. I saw some pictures of the downtown and it was gorge. Can we take one quick little pause? Y'all will be able to hear. We decided that we were going to bake up some cookies before we started the podcast because it's an hour. We have a hard time waiting until that damn cake. It's forever, and we're drinking. And if we drink on an empty stomach, it's going to go bad. I'm almost done with my drink. 
So go sideways. I didn't have time to whip up any cookies from scratch today, but my sister had some break apart cookies that we put in the oven and cooked. Always, always. That's like an emergency stash. Yes. Yes. However, the expiration date on oh, these was, you know what? was March. merely a suggestion. was March the 8th. And having tasted the first bite of these cookies, I'm a little weary about how we're going to feel tomorrow. I feel like we're going to be fine if we drink enough alcohol. <laughs> Because alcohol is going to kill whatever is growing in them cookies. So if y'all hear that I'm deathly ill, it's the cookies. It's not the cookies. It's her <laughs> imagination. All right. Go on with your murder in Boonesboro. Okay. So we're going to step back to 1985. I love the 80s. Me too. Uh, Derek and Nancy Heyman. No, it's <laughs> not how you say their name. No. It's Haysom. I mean, I mean, we're just getting started. <laughs> First murder. <laughs> uh, who cares? No, their names are Haysom. Derek retired as a CEO in the steel industry. He was South African by birth. Oh, but he had one of those great South African accents. I love those. They might be one of my, I think it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I really, that. I think that and the Deutsch. The Deutsch. <laughs> Because I like to say the Deutsch. <laughs> I don't even know what the accent is. <laughs> okay. Well, we do have a friend that's from Holland. <laughs> I know. Christopher, and <laughs> she I, does have a little I bit can't of a picture her accent in my head right now, but I do like to say the Deutsch. Okay. So I'm going with that. <laughs> so he was so real, 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 he was, Lord have mercy, guys. This is just like the fifth line of my notes. <laughs> Hang in, hang in there. Hang in there. Hang with me, guys. Hang with me. He was so well-respected in the steel industry that whilst, because that's kind of a British term, in Rhodesia, which I think is not Rhodesia anymore, but geographically, I suck. So it was somewhere in South Africa. The Canadian government rung him up, a ring-a-ling, and asked him to move to Nova Scotia to help revamp a failing government-owned steel mill. Wow. Like, how... Big is that? That's big. That's, That's huge. Big. That's huge. It's huge. Nancy was born in Arizona. She grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia, and always loved the Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm-hmm. Nancy and Derek met in 1960. Both were divorced. They had five children between them. Mm, that's a big brood. That's a lot. Yes. In 1964, they had their own daughter together, which is Aww. really convenient. And they named her Elizabeth. She was born in Canada. Oh, Canada. So Derek and Nancy lit. Isn't that funny? What? I just realized we used to know a Derek and Nancy growing up. Uh, oh, children. Yeah. Children that were Derek and Nancy. Well, they were older than us. They were much older than us. But they were kids. They were kids they were not of our neighbors. Kids. Right. Yes. Anyway, they lived in several countries before he retired. And so Elizabeth was very well traveled in her youth in her youth <laughs> and they ended up enrolling her in an exclusive british boarding school oh to learn the proper manners yes for middle and high school all right i don't think the british call it high school i don't know what the hell they call it oh uh, right there's a uh, word but i can't think school. of it right it's now it's like um it's not university because that's no it's levels or level yeah. i'm yeah, level yeah. 12 I'm, leveled. I'm, leveled. I'm a leveler i'm a leveler <laughs> So Elizabeth was extremely bright. Her parents wanted her to pursue engineering like her dad. And she was also a little bit spoilt. 
<laughs> and insufferably dramatic. Oh. Yeah. So at the age of 20, in 1984, Elizabeth enrolled in UVA in Charlottesville, Virginia as a freshman. The University of Virginia? That would be the. The, the University, University of Virginia. Of Virginia. Yes. And not so ironically, uh, the people that I graduated with in 83 would have been enrolled as freshmen as well that year right. in 1984. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody knew her that I know. It's a very big college, though. That's a I big college. But it would have been helpful had somebody just it known really, her. <laughs> it really would have. Like, what, I mean, why? Yeah. And you put your Spidey sign, like your big I Batman thing on up. Facebook, uh, like well, specifically my UVA friends. <laughs> and, then, not, and you know what I got back? Our cousin said, well, that didn't end well. Oh, yeah. No, crickets. No, your UVA friends really did. They just like dissed the me. Fine. The UVA. Wow. Fine. Well, okay. Moving on. There I'm you go. Get over it any minute now. So April 3rd, 1985, the neighbor of Derek and Nancy received a frantic phone call from Elizabeth, who was at UVA. Mm. She told the neighbor she was terribly frightened because she could not raise her parents on the telly. Oh, She said they would never go out of town without letting her know. So the neighbor had known that the night before there was supposed to be a, there was a bridge game scheduled at Nancy's house and it never happened because when they knocked on the door, she didn't answer. And they thought, well, maybe she forgot and she's too embarrassed to answer the door. And so they just left. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what you do. You don't want to embarrass anybody. Right. So excuse me. Yes, I would. I would embarrass them because then I would be like, that is so unlike her. I'm going to just break this door down and make sure my friend is okay. She and her husband were getting on. I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. So the neighbor used her spare key that Nancy had given her because you know you have neighbor keys. Of course. And well, back in the 80s you did. I don't know if people do that now. now. You and I do, but yeah, but only family does that. We don't trust anybody. We had to sign contracts. Yes. Yes, blood contracts. So she went over, she cracked the front door and she saw Derek's bloodied dead body. Oh, no. She had called the police before she went over. So she kind of backed out, shut the door and waited for the police. Right. She was quite alarmed. I would have been too. Yeah. That's not neighborly. Yeah. So the police arrived to a gruesome scene inside the majestic Tudor style home. It was very pretty. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to describe it so badly, but that's all I could come up with. Tudor style is great. Yeah, Tudor style and majestic. 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 Mm-hmm. Tudor style. You can imagine in Charlotte. Are they in Charlottesville at this they're point? They're in Lynchburg. I know they're in Lynchburg. Yes, okay. their daughter is in Charlottesville at, at, at the UVA. Right, right. Yep. So they find the body of 72 year old Derek Hasem lying on his side just inside the front room of the house. He had been slashed and stabbed repeatedly, and his face was disfigured from multiple slashings. Wow. They go in, and they find the body of Nancy, 53 years old. Oh, okay. She I was wondering, s- like, wow, that's a late in life pregnancy, but she's she younger. She's 53, yeah. yeah. She had been stabbed multiple times, and her throat had been slit. That's not nice. There was no forced entry, and nothing seemed to have been taken from the home. I mean, there was jewelry there and TVs and things, furniture and, you know, in a majestic home. Yes. The furniture seemed to have been placed in weird positions and there seemed to be a swirling pattern in the blood next to the bodies, which was a little odd. Like <laughs> yeah, a that, swirl. Oh, that is, yeah. Like a swirl. Nobody wants a swirl. No. A blood, the blood swirl. A blood swirl. 
Mm-mm. Almost like somebody was trying to create a certain picture or scene. It was um, very odd. Maybe that weird Van Gogh starry night. Oh, one. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a footprint. Well, it's more like a sock print. It was like a footprint covered with a sock. You could tell oh, it was a sock right, print. Right, right, yeah. And the blood was everywhere. It was on the walls, the cabinets, the furniture. It was everywhere. Oh, and no. it was just a chaotic, bloody scene. Oh, no. Blood samples were collected from all over the house, from all over the scene. And they determined that the couple had been dead for three days. Three freaking days. Three days. That ain't pretty. March 30th is when they predicted oh. that they had been died. Oh, they had Lord. been died. They, they had been, been died. Up they, and died. Thank goodness they were up in the hills. Of Virginia, because it, it tends to stay a little cooler up there. Yeah. If they had been here, it would have oh, been a hot well, mess. People that would not have had terrible. a problem finding them. No. So they had no leads. They could not figure out. Nobody could figure out who would want to hurt this couple. They had no known enemies that everybody loved them. They were they were in a very social you know neighborhood, like middle class, right, upper right. middle class. Mm-hmm. You know how them social neighborhoods go. I do. There was a thought that maybe it could have been a satanic cult. Oh, wow. Because of the patterns. The weird patterns. And then they said that the bodies and the furniture was all facing north. Huh. I don't know what that has to do with satanic. Satanic. I don't know. Gin and tonic. Shit. But it gained international media attention because of all the places that they had lived in their lives. And, right. And, uh, you know, sure. He, yeah, they were international. I mean, he was famous in the steel industry. Of course. He was a famous stealer. Stealer. He was a stealer. He was a stallion. Like a stallion in the steel a industry. Stealian, yeah. yeah. Some even described it as a, like a mace. A mace? No, hold on. All right. Mason-like crime scene. Mason. But it's not Mason. Oh, Manson. Manson. <laughs> I thought you meant like a bricklayer. <laughs> like, oh, what? I'm, like, Mason. I'm like, who is Mason? I don't even know them. <laughs> Manson. 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 <laughs> so the sheriff's department was at a loss, of course. And at one point they even result resulted. <laughs> they even consulted two different psychics. <laughs> I wasn't drinking when I wrote it, but damn. Okay. Anyway, they they brought two different psychics to the scene to try Mm -hmm. to get some help. They just had nothing. Right. So, and the FBI was brought in. When the FBI was brought in, they started trying to profile a little bit, you know, what they thought. And then they also were interviewing Elizabeth because, you know, she's the one that sounded the alarm, right? She's the one that sounded the alarm. So she starts feeding detectives multiple possibilities for leads. Oh. She told them about an ex-fiance of one of her brother's. Really? That was mentally ill. They checked her out. She was mentally ill, but she did not kill them. <laughs> She's crazy, but mm-hmm. she didn't do it. Yeah. Um, she talked about some political rivals oh. of his and even uh, like from South Africa because he was in South Africa during apartheid and there was, he was anti-apartheid. Apartheid. 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 No. Anyway, they he didn't he made some enemies, right, political right. enemies in South Africa. And then he had, you know, a lot of business partners that he was rivaled with in the steel industry. So they were just going everywhere. They couldn't buy nothing. Wow. Elizabeth had an alibi. She and her boyfriend, Jens. I'm sorry. Jens Soaring. He really was a he was a German, his dad was a German consulate oh, in the United States. There so you he's go. From Germany. So she and and he, Jens, had gone to uh, D.C. on a trip oh. that weekend. And 
Um, they had movie ticket stubs, they had hotel receipts, and they had rental car receipts to prove that they had been in D.C. All right. But. Oh, no. Here's the big old butt. Oh. A big old butt. A big old butt. A big old butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jiggling. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So when investigators checked the mileage on the rental car, it told a different story. Oh, no. You see. I even wrote, you see. Oh, Wow. Lots more mileage showed up on that car than just a trip from Charlottesville to D.C. and back. Oh, right. It was more like a trip from Charlottesville to D.C. to Bedford, Virginia, oh, to D.C. No. to Charlottesville. It, it was like it was almost like the exact Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. So as investigators are starting to question the alibis of Elizabeth and Jens, the couple, the little college couple, take a little quick departure and then Mm. hop on a plane and go to the UK. Oh, for heaven's sake. So over there, they start living. Somehow they get a flat and they're living in this flat and they're stealing food. They don't have, they really don't have any money. Right. Her parents are dead. (laughs) Who's going to funnel her money? Well, his parents. Well, I don't think he was in touch with his parents. Oh, they're. And so they start like resulting to some not, very honest ways of getting money so that they can a little eat. petty theft, maybe. Yeah. They are arrested in London for check fraud. Oh, okay. Yes. And get as, you every time. Yeah. Bad checks. As part as the investigate, they listen, they were not smart. I mean, I'm not saying for UVA students, yeah. they certainly I mean, don't seem I to have been saying she was bright, but this is what they would do. <laughs> they would go to, to a department store and it was a certain department store that they would go to every time. Oh, oh so they didn't like try to move right. around. They would go to the park department store. They would write a check for something. Okay. Mm-hmm. They would turn around the next day before that check even oh, right, and return and it. return it for cash. And she would go and return the item for cash while he's in another part of the store writing a check again. Okay. Yes. And then because they would go in the store and depart. Right. And then they wouldn't even be near each other until they got back out. And then, but they have CCTV over there. Right. They, they, it's everywhere. They saw them. They don't <laughs> saw Everywhere. Them. Yeah. So as part of the investigation, the authorities asked to search their flat and mm. they were like, sure, we got nothing hot. <laughs> well, yes, they did. Oh, no. So they go in, they conduct a search, and they find fake IDs. They find their real passports. They just, they find some stuff that looked like maybe it had been stolen. Like, it, 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 they had some questions. Right. And then they find this pile of letters. Letters? Letters. 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 Handwritten letters. letters. And those letters were letters that Jen had. No, Jen is the. Man, boy, Elizabeth. Elizabeth had written to Jen's about how much she hated her parents and their quote unquote control oh, over her life. Oh, they found letters from Jen's back to Elizabeth and they would start, they started talking about the plot to murder her parents. Oh, no. There it was in black and white. Oh, in their no. own handwriting. Oh, yeah. Gosh. So, the authorities take them in and then they call the U.S. and say, I think hey, we got, got somebody some over here that belongs to, to you. <laughs> you got any dead people over there? Well, we got the murderers. They are arrested and they're held. The Bedford sheriff and an FBI agent flew over to London to talk to Elizabeth. 
and they get her and they bring her, they extradite her to the United States. Okay. Okay. She's extradited for conspiracy and accessory for murder. Okay. Remember Jens, he's a West German citizen. He fought extradition and he actually requested his trial to be in his home country. Oh, Germany. There Uh you go. And he confessed to the murders. Oh, and he felt like Germany was going to go easy on him. Compared to the United States. Yes. Huh. In June of 1986, 14 months after the murder of Derek and Nancy Haysom, the trial is set to begin and Elizabeth suddenly confesses. She doesn't want the trial. Oh. She doesn't want to go through the trial and she doesn't want to take her chances. So she takes a plea deal. Oh, okay. She is sentenced to 90 years. 90. So, Okay. She's sentenced to 90 years for murder, 45 for each parent, for each parent. Okay. Okay. And hers was like conspiracy to commit murder and then accessory before the fact. Okay. Because she helped plan it. Right. You got to remember, these are 1985 laws. Of course. Yeah. So it, it might not be, it may not match up to what our law said today, but she took that. She got 45 for each murder. So 90 total years, which means they were consecutive. Gotcha. Jens lost his plea to get a trial in Germany Mm. because it was up to the UK because they're the ones that had arrested him to say whether or not he was going to get a trial in Germany or not. And they said, no, you need to go stand trial in the place where you committed. the. the At first, he was like, I'm not going. I'm not going. (laughs) And so in order for the authorities to get him to Virginia for the trial, the prosecutors had to drop the capital murder charges, Mm. which meant that the death penalty was off the table. Gotcha. By the time he got back to the States, he had recanted his confession. And he said the only reason he had confessed was because he figured his dad's political clout being a German consulate would get uh, him immunity. Uh, That's the only reason that he oh, confessed. For heaven's so, sake. Right. So he said, if, if I don't have immunity, I definitely didn't do it. It was not. I only I did. did it if I have immunity. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> So three years after the murders, he finally goes on trial. Elizabeth testifies against him at his trial. Of course. Yes. And he receives two consecutive life sentences. Very good. Okay. Prosecutors were able to present that bloody sock footprint. Right. And it was Jim's. They, so they, they compared it to one of his footprints they took of him. Okay. And they compared it. And also he was type O blood. Type O was found at the scene and Derek was A and Nancy was AB. Okay. So it was his blood type. Right. Back then they did it on type. There was no DNA. Gotcha. This is the first time a footprint had been used as evidence in a trial. Oh, wow. I think in the United States. Wow. Look at us. So progressive in the 80s. I know. Yes, Virginia. (laughs) So here's what happened and here's and, and what the kids had planned. This is how it all went down. Yeah. This is how it went down in the downtown. (laughs) So so they did go to D.C. They checked into the hotel and Elizabeth stayed and she bought movie tickets for two. Right. Several movie tickets. They were going to do a Mary, a a Mary, a a marathon movie. No, it's a movie (laughs) marathon. Heavens to Betsy. Let me just take a little sip. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Okay. She bought the movie tickets. And she went and sat at the movies and she she got both ticket stubs. Right. Jens drove to the Haysom house to convince Elizabeth's parents that they need to accept him because 
They had told Elizabeth they did not approve of him and if and she needed to stop seeing him. Okay. And if she didn't, they were going to cut her off. Ah. But, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At at 18 and 20. Right. He shows up unexpectedly at the Haysom's, but they were nice enough. They were just finishing dinner. They let him in and offered him some food. Right. They sat at the table and Jen tells them that he and Elizabeth are a forever thing. Okay. And they need to just accept it. And Derek, the dad, tells Jen's. If you continue to see Elizabeth, I will have you kicked out of UVA and sent back to Germany. Right. So he ain't playing. Mm-mm. And at that moment, Jens jumps up angry. He jumps angrily. Angrily jumps. From the table. From the table. <laughs> and Derek jumps up, too, because Derek's like, I can jump. I can jump up, too. Jump, jump. Mayonnaise fudger. <laughs> So Jens pulls a knife that he had brought with him. Oh, he brought a knife yeah, to he was just there to a dinner them that they just needed to accept it because a conversation. he's the real deal and he's really good for their daughter, except I brought a big knife. Right. Except for that. So he slashes Derek in the throat and Derek goes down. Ugh. Nancy jumps up from the table and runs to the kitchen towards the phone. Mm-hmm. And Jens follows her, stabs her, slits her throat, and leaves her to bleed to death on the kitchen floor. How kind. He goes back to find Derek, who is on his feet. Oh. Throat slashed, bleeding, but he's not done with Jens. So they tussle, and Jens ends up stabbing him 36 times. Oh, for heaven's sake. And a lot of that was in his face. Remember, I said he was disfigured. He tries to clean up the blood. In these swirling <laughs> motions, <laughs> and it was too much. Yeah, it's too much. He paced back and forth, in and out of the blood, in his sock feet. Because I'm sure they were one of these homes where you take your shoes off at the door. Well, sure, absolutely. Please do. Take it's your a majestic Tudor style home. Right. That's what you do. Then he drives back to the DC hotel where Elizabeth is waiting. They spend one more night and then they go back home. Right. And she's like, oh, I haven't heard from my parents. For heaven's sake. So in 2019, Elizabeth is paroled. Of course she is. And she is sent packing back to O Canada because she was never a United States citizen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Jens is also paroled on the same day. Really? In 2019. There's a political reason for that. And um, I'm not going to get into it. But there were so many political twists and turns in these people's releases. It wow. It was, it just, it really kind of that made is me gnash my teeth, but other people may not. So right. I'm not going to bring it up. It might be controversial. Let's don't do that. We don't no, want to be, be controversial. controversial. He um, maintained his innocence throughout his prison term. He wrote books in prison, of which I will not say what they're called because they you're like you can buy his books oh gosh yes and he even wrote a kind of an essay paper it's out on murderpedia if anybody wants to read it please don't bother um but it's in it's titled the scenario of how the hasten murders may have occurred oh for heaven's this sake is how that may have occurred right so he was also sent packing back to germany and told don't come back to the u.s right we'll take that that yeah. Of course, he got to Germany and he was, he's a completely free man. There's no parole for him mm-hmm. in Germany. It's just, hey, we're so happy to have you back. 
lots of pomp and circumstance, lots of fanfare and open arms and people just so excited to accept that. That is just the saddest. And they'll be really happy to do that until he kills again. For heaven's sake. So that is, those are the Haysom murders in Virginia, but kind of an international flair. Yeah. James Bond. A real international twist to it. Yeah. Fantastic. um, That was a good one. That was a good one. Susan. Yeah. Susan's mama Uh, was the secretary at our school that we yes i am i am familiar always adored that woman Mm -hmm. she was so good (laughs) yes wonderful (laughs) so yeah that's the story and i'm sticking to it well there you go fantastic that's right the mayonnaise fudgers all right well let's take a little break we need to and And we're gonna play a little uh we're gonna do a pause and then we're gonna play a little promo listen to the promo go listen to the podcast do us all a favor and be be spreading around um, uh, (laughs) for goodness sake okay we're on pause Okay. Are you a nerd? Are you a person? Then check out Voluntary Input, where we not only have open discussions about tech, TV, movies, and gaming, but also open discussions about people, and sometimes with the people behind the tech. Catch new episodes with me, Leo Allen, bi-weekly on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Good Pods, and pretty much everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out videos of every episode on YouTube and Twitch. Simply go to VoluntaryInput.com to find all the ways you can listen to us, contact us, and better yet, select Register as a Guest to be a guest on the show because we are always looking for great guests like you. Never forced, never coursed. Welcome to Voluntary Input. We were looking for a laid-back comedy show that covers current events, beer reviews, and movie reviews. We couldn't find one, so we made the damn thing ourselves. The Justin in Time Show. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the Offtopia podcast where we discuss art, music, and writing. The show is available on all major platforms, and consider joining our Discord and meeting our community. Offtopia. Can't stop, won't stop. All right, and we're back. We're back from the break. This week, I am going to cover a serial killer. Now, serial killers are very hard for me to because... The victims aren't talked about as much as the serial killer. There's a fascination with the serial killer. Yes. So I tried not to put a whole lot about the serial killer, but there's so many victims in this particular case. I couldn't cover all of the victims either. So I'm sure you have done a fine job. Well, that's very sweet. I don't have any doubt about it. I I think that's very sweet. All right. Here we go. This story starts in 1969 when eight-year-old Tali Shapiro was walking to school. Uh, she was walking along Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. I guess in 1969, it was very safe to walk I along. Suppose. Yes. A man, a man pulled up beside her and asked if she wanted a ride. Tolly said no. And the man said that he said, well, I know your parents. She'd been raised to respect adults and she felt like it would be rude to turn him, turn him down again. So she got in the car with him. No, Thank God a good Samaritan had seen Tally get in the car and thought it looked suspicious. This person followed behind the man and Tally until they pulled into an apartment complex. 
As Tally and the man entered an apartment, the Good Samaritan called the police. Nicely done, Good Samaritan. When police arrived, they knocked on the door, but no one answered. They threatened to knock the door down, and the man came to the window and told them he, he was in the shower. They have to come back. I'm in the shower. No. He disappears from the window, and the police decide to bust through the door. Inside, they find Tally, badly beaten and raped, lying on the floor. The man, later identified as Rodney Alcala, I don't really know how to pronounce this man's name, but Alcala. We'll say it right then, and then let's just call him Rodney. Yeah. He was gone. He had disappeared out a back door. (laughs) Tally was rushed to the hospital. She survived the attack, but there was no sign of Rodney Alcala anywhere. That's how we're going to start. Mm-hmm. I went out of order, so I got to flip and then mm-hmm. go back. <laughs> I like the flipping. I do. I had to flip and go back. Yes. Oh God, that's a lot. 1971. Cornelia Criley was a vibrant 23-year-old stewardess for Transworld Airlines. Oh. I don't think we have that anymore. Do no, we? I don't think so. On June 12th, 1971, there was a call to the police station in New York City. There was a dead body in an apartment on the Upper East Side. Police had to break down the door to get inside. There they found beautiful Cornelia posed lying against a bed that had been turned over. She had a rope tied around her neck and her bra had been pulled above her head. She had bite marks on her left breast. Police chased down evidence and followed dead ends until the case finally went cold. It took almost 40 years for the truth to come out about Cornelia's murder. I don't like Bite marks on the boob. I know. I don't like that. She had also been the victim of Rodney Alcala. Alcala, whatever. Rodney. That Rodney. Yes. A-hole Rodney. Yes. 23-year-old Ellen Hover was living in New York and met a man that said he wanted to take pictures of her. He said he was a professional photographer who studied film under the famous Roman Polanski. Well, that's a problem. (laughs) That's a red flag. Well, not back then. Not back then it wasn't. They didn't oh, know what he God, what kind of person he was back oh then. Oh my gosh. No, people know. <laughs> this man said he had a fine arts degree from UCLA. No. And he thought, no. No, I don't want it. I don't want it to be. I want her to be smarter than this. Oh, and that he taught art at a summer camp. He wanted to have lunch with Ellen. So Ellen went to the lunch with the man, but she never came home. It took four months for Ellen's bones to be found. She had been buried on one of the Rockefeller estates in Westchester, New York. During the time police were looking for Ellen, they determined that the man she met for lunch that day was none other than Rodney. The asshole. Rodney. What do you mean? What estate? Whose estate? The Rockefellers? One of their estates in Westchester. What? Who the hell is this man? A Rockefeller? No, he's not. His last is he name a is Alcala. No, <laughs> his last name is is Alcala. I know, but how's he up on that estate burying a body? I don't know. I mean, we can go on to any estate around here and bury a body if we wanted to. If we're we smart can? about it. Yes. Not all of them were fenced up, gated up, and all that jazz. Especially Maybe. back in the '60s, you know they That's were true. They were big, and it was just like an open. Everything was just an open air market for killers. Yes. And, oh God, body builder, it, builders. No, no, body barriers. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lordy, we're gonna switch you over to Coca Cola now. I think I'm gonna have to go get some Coca Cola because <laughs> this Sailor Jerry has bit me right in the brain. 
That's because you don't sit, you guzzle. All right. So I don't know how. I know. All right. Here we're going to. I'm not dainty. Understood. Okay. Okay. Can you please go now? The body of 18-year-old Jill Barkham was found murdered. Does that make sense? Her body was found murdered? Well, her body was found and she was murdered. Okay. That's fine. Her body had been placed in a knee-to-chest position. She was naked from the waist down. That's like a fetal position, maybe? Yeah. Okay. She had been beaten, was strangled with a pair of blue pants. Pants? Yes. That's rude. Yes. Her right breast had three bite marks on it. And there were signs that she had been sexually assaulted. I don't like a breast biter. Let's just put it right out there. Yeah. Breast biters are some of the worst. You're not going to like this story then. Oh, there's a lot of them, huh? They, everybody got a, a breast bite in this one. <laughs> everybody. Everybody got a breast bite. Everybody. <laughs> everybody got a breast bite. Yes. I don't want that. <laughs> this was in 1977. Please up on the breast bites. <laughs> Police had no idea who killed Joe, but they did collect DNA evidence and they kept it well-preserved. Good. It took 28 years to figure out that Rodney had murdered the sweet 18-year-old oh my who had moved from New York to California looking for her dreams to come true. Gee whiz. He's a dream crusher breast biter. Exactly. Jeez. All right. Georgia Wixted was a nurse at the Centilia Hospital in December of 1977, 27-year-old Georgia didn't show up for work. Her co-workers became concerned and called police. They found Georgia beaten, bludgeoned by a hammer, no, raped, naked, battered, and bruised. She had been viciously murdered. Police found a palm print on her bed and took it in for evidence, but never found a match. Oh. And her case ended up going cold. That's it wasn't, awful. and that happened in 1977. Wow. So we started this in 69. Yeah. It wasn't until 2003 no. that the print matched to her killer, Rodney. Rodney asshole. Yeah. Dream crushing breast fighter. Yes. Oh, he's the worst. I know. 19-year-old Pamela Jean Lamson was living her life in San Jose, California. Do you know the way to San Jose? Is that how it goes? Uh-huh. That's nice, Sugar. That's Thank very you. nice. Thank you. She wanted to be a model and an actress. What we all did at one time. I never did. I really never did. I didn't want to be a model. Mm. I didn't want to be an actress. I just wanted to be famous. Right. But it's too late for all that. My ship has sailed. Yeah, I didn't want any of that. My ship sailed and sunk. Pamela met a man who said he was a professional photographer and he wanted to take pictures of her. Of course, she jumped at the offer. It was her dream, after all, to be in pictures. It was. Yes. Pamela's body was found in the mountains of Mount, I don't know. Just give it a shot. Tamal Pice. (laughs) Tamal, Tamal Pace. Somebody's going to, from California, is going to say, hey, goofball, it's Mount Trampoline or whatever. (laughs) It sounds like tamale pies. Yes, but it's T-A-M-A-L-P-A-I-S. Tamil pies. Tamil pies. I don't know. Anyway, bless her heart. She'd been beaten and strangled in 2010. Police had enough information about Rodney to determine that he was Pamela's killer. 
Unfortunately, the DNA that was collected when Pamela's body was found had not been well preserved, oh. so they could never be a hundred percent sure. But they pretty much knew. But they knew it had all the because he was signs. a breast fighter. He was. I don't know that she when they found her she had those anymore. Oh dear. Christine Thornton Thornton disappeared in 1977. Her family and police searched tirelessly for her. She went missing in Wyoming and was six months pregnant when she oh, disappeared. Gosh. Her remains were found in 1982. Bless her heart. They had to get DNA from her relatives to properly identify her. It wasn't until Rodney was found that authorities figured out he had photographed Christine. They feel confident that Rodney was her killer. Did they find her photographs with him? You're going to hear all about the photographs. Okay. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. There's just not enough room in any of my notebooks to keep writing this. I had to, I had to stop it. You had to cut it off at some point. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this scumbag. Oh, he is a scumbag. So back in 1969, remember Rodney fled from Tally's rape and yeah. beating. Did he, she die? No, no, no. She survived. Oh, and as her. a matter of fact, she did. Uh, I think she was on 2020, maybe. I didn't see it, but I know she was in People Magazine. She okay. did some interviews okay. and talked about what happened to her. So she's one of the survivors. Lost her heart. After Rodney fled from Tally's rape, he went to New York and enrolled in film school. And he really did study under Roman Polanski. Oh, my God. But not as Rodney. He changed his name to John Berger. I was going to say, if he changed his name to Scott, I'm going to poop my pants right here. No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> like, how do we get there? But it's okay. It's a whole different Over episode. the next several years, he was arrested for drugs, assault, rape. He was a registered sex offender. Somehow, this registered sex offender, murdering beast, managed to land himself a seat on the hit show, The Dating Game. Remember that, the dating game? For those of you who don't remember, it was big back in the 70s, maybe the early 80s. A contestant would come on, either a man or a woman, and they would stand on one side of a... um, They sat in a big captain's chair. They sat in a captain's chair. Mm -hmm. And there was a a partition that was between them and the other people on the panel. Then there would be three either bachelors or bachelorettes on the other side. And the person that came to get the date would ask questions to each one of the people on the other side. So she would never see them. She would just pick one of the three based on how they answered questions. Yeah. Well, Rodney was such a charmer that he actually won. She picked (gasps) him. Yes. Oh, my God. She picked him. She picked him. That's gross. But when she met him after the show, she didn't particularly care for him. He, she got a real weird vibe from him. And her said, breasts probably hurt. Right. And she said, I do not want to go. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, remember, this is in 1978. He had already mur- he had murdered, done his thing to Tali. <laughs> then he had murdered Cornelia, Ellen, Jill, Georgia, Pamela. Christine. Yeah. And probably so many more that we don't even know about. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. The scariest of scary things is 
is that he won that show is that he actually was so charming. But look at Ted Bundy, how charming he was. That's <sighs> part of their MO. It's disgusting. It is so disgusting. Oh, I don't so like Rod- it. Rodney goes back after the dating show fiasco and he goes back into the world and he goes on his whole murdering, killing spree. In June of 1979, 12-year-old Robin Samso left ballet class and headed for the beach with a friend of hers. Oh, my gosh. Police searched for days before they found her little body decomposing in the foothills of Los Angeles. Mm. A friend that had been with Robin at the beach said that a man had come up and asked if he could take pictures of them. Robin left with him and never came back. Thankfully, the little girl that was with her gave police a really good description of what the man looked like. And a sketch artist came up with a picture. That picture was circulated and believe it or not, Rodney's parole officer, because he was still on Mm -hmm. parole, happened to see it and identified Rodney as the perpetrator. Wow. So police start a manhunt. They go looking for Rodney. They go to his mom's house. They find a receipt for a storage facility Uh in Seattle, Washington. Oh, right. That's not good. Police hit the jackpot when they get to this locker thing. It was loaded with hundreds of pictures of young girls, most of whom were naked. They also found a jewelry pouch and they found an earring that belonged to Robin. Wow. Police arrested Rodney Alcala on July 27th, 1979 and charged him with the murder of Robin Samso. He represented himself at trial. Of course he did. And really put on a show. Right. Really put on a show. He would use one voice when he asked the questions, (laughs) being the attorney and answer the questions as himself. No way. For real. No way. Needless to say, he was found guilty and was sentenced to death. And that happened in 1980. Oh, gosh. But in 1984, he he appealed based on the fact that the jurors had been informed of his previous crimes. And that's a no-no. You can't do that. So that sentence. I think that's ridiculous because I think you should be able to do that. I think that's BS. Okay. Well, it didn't work out. I guess you can only do it if you've been convicted of those crimes. But you should be able to if you've been convicted. No, it clouds the jurors' judgment. They they can tell you. It should. No, you have to give a fair trial. If you don't give a fair trial, then you end up like this with an overturned sentence. Oh, no. Overturned sentence. That's right. Good news, though. Completely overturned. He went back to trial. They took it back to trial in 1986. Okay. And he was, again, found guilty. Okay. And they did not inform the jurors of any past. It was all focused on Robin. He was, again, found guilty and sentenced to death. In 2001, you're going to love this. An appeals court nullified that conviction because there were claims that the park ranger who found Robin's body had been hypnotized. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. By who? I don't know. I don't know. But they but- say that the park ranger had been hypnotized and his testimony was not valid in court. And that since that was part of the testimony that convicted him, it had it, it anyway. It works. That's so stupid. But in 2003. Who are these idiots? I don't know who was working on his behalf or if he was following the appeals himself. I don't I don't know. Once you're sentenced to death, if you get a team that helps you with the appeals. What I'm saying is who, who overturned it based on the fact that the park ranger may or may not have been hypnotized. An appeals court. That's dumb. I don't like them. Okay. 
well, take it to California and talk to him. So I don't know what to tell you. In 2003, they linked this jerk to two more murders. The hits just keep coming from there. By 2010, they had enough to take him to trial for the murders of Robin, Georgia, Jill Barkham, Charlotte, and another Jill who was murdered in 1979. He was found guilty on all five murders and was again sentenced to death. Then they got him on two more murders in, murders in Mara, 2011 in, in New York. He pled guilty to those. And in December of 2012, he got a 25-year sentence in New York, but he was already sentenced to death. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. police eventually released some of the pictures they found to the press in hopes of identifying the women in the photos. Oh, wow. That's when Christine Thornton's family identified her. Oh, wow. This is going to blow your mind. No, it is. It don't make it bad. Approximately 900 photos that were found in that creepy locker were never shown to the public because they were sexually explicit. Oh, 900 photos. So those could be all people that don't know their families don't know what happened to them. Right. In addition to the hundreds that they released before. Isn't that crazy? He is. It is suspected that Rodney murdered over 130 women over the course of eight years. Oh, my God. That's a lot. Yeah. Is he the does he get the most? Is is he the most? I don't know. I really don't. Mm. I'm happy to report that Rodney died in prison on July 24th, 2021. Yeah. That's that that whole time. Yeah. He was 77 years old. And, you know, while he was in jail, he filed lawsuits against California. One was because they didn't give him a low-fat diet while he was in jail. Another one was like a slip and fall type of thing. Yeah. He now was he, very litigious. He did. Well, now he did. Bye-bye. But very, very bad man. I hope that elevator went straight down. I know. I'm sure it did. And they call him the dating game killer, which is silly to me. He should have gotten a different name because he was yeah. only on the dating game. And he just didn't kill that, that little, lady. And he didn't kill her, right? Yeah. He should have come up with the boob, the boob biter. The dream crushing boob biting. Yes, the dream crushing boob biter. Right. That's a name for a serial killer. Yes. And then people won't glamorize that. They won't glamorize that. No. 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 So there you go. Wow. That's what we got. That a hole. That oh, is insane. That was a great story, though. Thank Shoka. you. And I only, I mean, I could have written more, but who has the time? I mean, not many of us. No. Not many. No. Mm-mm. There's still a lot of information out there. So if you, you're interested in it, you can always go out and find more information. Yeah. There you go. Wow, guys. Whew, what an episode this has been. I know. Yeah. You want to try some pound cake? Oh, my God. Can you please serve it to me? No. You have to go cut it. <laughs> What the hell's your problem? I just so happen to have a piece right here. Yay. Oh, thank you. It smells so, so good. So this pound cake warm. has not only kill a vanilla, it also has a little bit of almond extract in it. Mm, I love so the it's almond. Just so soft and buttery and, and it's mm. just like little cake and jam. Mm, just girl, a, a this, jam. The hot jam. That's got me going. Yes. That's got me going. Okay. That's weird. I mean, not going in that <laughs> direction. <laughs> I'm just having a Where good you time. <laughs> oh my god! With the hot no, 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 no. We have social media. 
we're gonna have to wrap this sucker we're up. We're gonna have to wrap it up. We got social media. We have guys. social media. Find us on Twitter at Sugar Murder. Find us on Instagram at Sugar Coated Murder. And find, find us, us on, on Facebook. Facebook by looking for Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. We've got a fan page and a business page. Yes. And please send us an email. Talk to us. Buy us a coffee. Whatever. Yeah. Let us know you're out there listening. We yes. just love to get email from. And we've got merch. We're going to send you a link that's got the buy me a coffee, the merch link, all of the the new designs of merch. I mean, I'm sure y'all saw that very sweet bucket hat. I was sporting on social media. I can't can't wait to get one. And we've got shirts and there's a whole new design out there. We have baseball hats if you want one. It's so much fun. We're having a good time. We are having a good time. And um, we love it when people buy our merch because when that happens, we get like a couple dollars, not not hardly anything. As a matter of fact, I keep setting it so low that they keep sending me a note saying it's too low. It's too low. You're <laughs> it's not making us a profit. Money. Right. <laughs> and so we're going to adjust your price. And then I go in, then I readjust it back down. And then they send me a thing and say, it's too low. We got it. Re- yeah, I mean, if we make a dollar 50, I don't care. I just yeah, want people yeah. to get our merchandise. Exactly. That's, so, what, that's what happens. But yeah. So anyway, we'll we've got the, that. send the link tree and We'll put that out there when we post the episode. And please leave us a review. We got a beautiful review from one of our um, fellow podcasts. Oh, yeah, we um, did. They've got a cute, cute podcast called F My Work Life. Yeah. And it's so much fun. It's a good one. And they talk about work stuff. And I mean, they're just funny. There's cute little, not little, they're a cute married couple and they're just a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, they are. And they drink and their whole thing is we drink because we work. So, I mean, hello. Hello, we get it. (laughs) Oh, but let's go back real quick uh, with the email. Let me give you the email address. It's murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. Murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. And that's the way you buy Killer Vanilla. You oh, email yeah, us. That's right. If you want Killa Vanilla, you we, email us. We've got say, a batch coming out yeah. um, this week. Yeah. There's brand new batch. Yes. Yeah, so we'll get about, I don't know, about eight to 10 bottles out of that. Yeah. And so if so you want Killa Vanilla, now is the time. Now to, is a good time to do it to because do it. your spring and summer baking, it's going to. Oh, yeah. Wham, your bam, spring baking you, championship. You need yes, vanilla. You need it. <laughs> Plenty you need of Killa Vanilla. <laughs> yes. And now we've, we're over the hump. We're over the 100 hump. I know. We're, we're sailing. We're in triple digits, girl. Lord of <gasps> mercy. Look at Who would have ever thought? I would have never thought. I know. But isn't it fun? Oh, we're having such a good time. We we're are. having a great time. We've connected with the most amazing humans. We, really we talk have. about horrible humans, but we connect with wonderful humans. We do. And that that part, we really, we just love it. We so, do. Um, keep it, we keep do. the love coming and we'll send you love back. We love everybody. We and just, we, we do especially love you, Mama. And Mama, we love you. And I, I don't She's think we said anything. She's our number one fan. She is. She always will be. Oh, I'm sure that you said cuss words. I don't think I did. You did. I said mayonnaise fudger no, a you, lot. No, you said other cuss words, but You're that's okay. You're always tattling on me. You just tattled on yourself. I said mayonnaise fudger. No, no. I said that word. I actually used that term tonight. I know. I heard you say that word. Because it's now in the dictionary. It's in the sugar-coated dictionary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So now I can say that word. Yes. But anyway. All right, guys. Well, we love you. We do. Stay sweet. And, and don't murder. Because if you kill people. We will talk about you. And we are going to give you ugly Nicknames like Dream Crushing Boob Biter. That's right. That's right. Don't, Don't be a Dream with... Crushing Boob Biter. No, it's so rude. Don't do that. All right, guys. Y'all take care. This Bye. has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast.
a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.